When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chesco. Hey, Chet, tonight's show is really up your alley. We're going to talk baseball, all Philly sports, and music in the same show, followed by Philly sports trivia at 805. If we could get beer and Kate Beckinsale in here, we would have you covered completely. Wait a second! You didn't bring a beer. Come on, <laughs> where's your beer, dude? I'm out of tea. I'm out of tea. <laughs> as far as Kate, the best we can do is uh, this picture, which will live in infamy. <laughs> Kate will always be here in spirit. You know that, Bill. Uh, it's a complete night for you. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, don't say that. <laughs> well, hey, we might actually be making some progress on the baseball front with some timelines actually being proposed now. Of course, it's in the hands. Of the union, they're going to go back and forth. Uh, we'll discuss that with Philly Nation's Brian Michael. We will finish our Mount Rushmore with our fifth and final selection, and Willie Nile visits in the second half. I can't wait to see how the final versions of our five athlete Mount Rushmores compare. Should be interesting. The baseball stuff going on this week is certainly very interesting. And Bill, I got to say, the pre taped Willie Nile interview is damn interesting for music and sports lovers. Plus, as a bonus, we're going to get to hear Willie say this. Looky, looky, here comes Cookie. It's going to be a fun show, Bill. Let's carry on, shall we? <laughs> oh, well, hey, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We, we'll work through these things. Hey, you know, Chet, this whole baseball thing going to be interesting. Uh, you know, players now, at least it sounds like on the surface, they're saying, hey, we're not taking pay cuts. Um you know, it looks like the owners are wanting to try to go, you know, pay, you know, per games played type thing. Um, it's not going to be as easy as just somebody throwing up their hands and saying, let's play ball. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. We're, we're going to talk to our guest and see if he has any more insight than we do. But I'm still not convinced there's going to be a baseball season. Well, and, and, you know, besides baseball trying to get along with each other here as we move forward, we still have. 
states not opening, stadiums not opening. How are we going to do this? Going to play with empty fan, empty seats? You know, uh, Georgia opened up. Now they're closing down. You know, all kinds of stuff to, to consider in this thing. And hey, let's get it rolling. We'll welcome Brian Michael back to Philly Press Box Radio. Brian, solve all this for us. <laughs> Hello. Hey, I Brian. I- how you doing, man? Good, good. How are you guys? All right. We, we picked a great week to have you back. I mean, I'd prefer that we were talking about how the Phillies were playing six weeks into the season, maybe surprising all, all of us with their great play, but we don't have that. Still, there are some big developments taking place in terms of maybe getting baseball back with games that actually matter by early July. We're, it's been a crazy week. Where do things stand, Brian, with all of that right now? So right now, uh, the owners uh, agreed to a plan, a shortened season, so probably somewhere 75 to 82 games, about half of a season. Um, And it's on the players now and the Players Association to see if they approve it as well. Um, There have been some sticking points in terms of, of course, compensation, right? Um, The owners agreed back when this quarantine started that – or the players, sorry, agreed that they would be okay with the prorated salary. So basically, if you got, if we play half the season, 82 games, they'll get paid half their salary for the year. Um, now it's looking that uh, the owners are saying that isn't going to be economically feasible. Um, so there's, even though the owners have approved a plan, there's already still some contention amongst the ownership uh, to say uh, we need more of a revenue split. Um, we're going to lose a lot of money, even if we pay half the salary or prorated salaries. You know, we're still going to lose more money than we would if uh, we do something like a 50-50 revenue share. Uh, the players don't sound like they want to go for the revenue share. They're obviously um, giving up a lot and having to make a lot of sacrifices to make this season happen. Uh, so I think that's going to be a pretty big sticking point. Um, but again, it's not really that big of a surprise. The, the money uh, is what it's going to come down to. Hey, Brian, what was the deal at the beginning? Uh, didn't the owners provide the players with like a, a loan? They, they paid them forward uh, with the idea that they would correct this thing and, and now it's, it's part of the problem? Yep, yep. It, it, that's pretty much what happened. It's something similar to what goes on in the NBA. A lot of the NBA salaries get put in escrow and then at the end of the year it gets – tallied up and uh, see if the percentages work out according to the collective bargaining agreement. Um, one, it's amazing how quickly they've made some of these decisions between the owners and uh, eventually the players association, uh, because at the end of next year, uh, we do have an, the end of the collective bargaining agreement. Um, those are usually pretty contentious. Um, all, but uh, I think two have ended in work stoppages and luckily they're the last two. Um, but yeah, I feel like whatever uh, agreements get done this year have a potential of getting undone at the end of next season, too. So um, a lot of money is going to change hands, but it does seem obviously like the owners are going to be losing a lot uh, on this season. Uh, but, you know, you'd think if anyone c- could afford it, it should be them. <laughs> and what do you know about the schedule? You said it's probably going to be an 82-game schedule, but uh, it's not going to be a typical National League and American League schedule with the breakdown. It's going to be kind of a regional thing. Is that what I understand? Yeah, that's the, the plan that I've been hearing. Uh, it'll be broken up into the divisions according to geography. So uh, it'll be three main divisions in baseball, 
and the Phillies would be in the East. And that would comprise the National League East and the American League East in one super uh, East region uh, division. Uh, the Phillies would play their normal division rivals, the Marlins, Braves, Mets, and Nats, uh, 12 times a year. And then they would play the AL teams uh, six times a year. So that would be the Yankees, Orioles, Rays, and Red Sox. Um, you know, it, it's pretty interesting. It kind of, kind of follows some of the uh, interleague play uh, guidelines that they put in back when that started. So um, I think it, it's the best possible case. It, it didn't look like the Florida-Arizona plan that was originally proposed uh, was going to work. Um, that would have probably been too big of a sacrifice for players. Um, so I think this is the best they can do. Um, you know, baseball is very organized. Pro sports are very organized from the top down. So, you know, logistically, this makes it a little bit easier for them to pull off. Um, I think they could pull it off, but there's so many question marks. And like Chet said in the beginning, um, it's still not certain that this is going to happen by any means. Yeah. Well, that, that leads us to the DH question. Uh, you know, it, it, the rumor is at least that we're going to go full DH. Um, I guess when you're playing the American League that many times, um, you either got to go all in one way or all out the other. And it sounds like DH is is going to be the way to go. Does that does that mean an additional roster spot? Um, I assume we're going to go with expanded rosters to begin with. It sounds like it, it does mean additional roster spots. I've even heard upwards of 50, uh, 50 man roster. Uh, you know, 40, 40 is the what's that? Gapler could play all those guys every night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be all relief pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, normally it's 40, 50 would be bumped up. Um, and you would probably see a lot of minor leaguers coming up and down as well. Um, but yeah, it would be universal DH and also um, a new playoff uh, setup as well. Thoughts of being um, seven teams in the playoffs. The top team gets the bye. Um, and then the other division winners and the top wild card play three wild card teams uh, in a five a best of five series to start off. So that would be pretty interesting. I think fans would would enjoy that certainly. Um, and it you know uh, there's less of a reward for such a smaller season, right? If you're playing 162 games, you really want that uh, playoff spot. With only 82, um, looks like they're getting a little more creative. Hey, Brian, does a shortened season help or hurt the Phillies? I would say it helps the Phillies, uh, mostly in terms of their starting rotation. Right? Um, I don't think any of us uh, going into the season thought that the team had a solid five starters. You know, certainly three. Uh, it, it, they can go head-to-head -head with most teams on their, their top three, um, assuming Jake Arrieta is, uh, you know, pitching decent. But I do think it helps them in that regard, um, since they didn't have uh, such a, a huge uh, starting staff. But again, the scheduling is going to be a big part of it. Where are the breaks coming? Are they playing double headers? Um, you know, that might throw in additional starting pitchers in there, uh, which again, the Phillies don't have the depth there. Uh, so, in one sense, it, it could help them. Um, it really depends on how they schedule these games out and when they agree. Because, um, like we said, it could be 82 games, it could be 75. If the players don't agree on the proposal soon, it could be 60, 65 games. So, um, you start wondering if, if the season's even worth it at that point. And I'm sure that's really what the owners are thinking, too. 
Well, Brian, I know when the discussions first got going early on, um, been a while back, uh, everything was set up to still start the playoffs on the same day. Uh, they wanted full playoffs. The ownership did wanted full playoffs, shortened season, full playoffs. Obviously, that's where the money is uh, for the owners, I guess. And uh, do you see that still being the way it goes, even at 60, 70, or 80? I think it's unlikely that it's going to happen right on the same date. Um, you know, the other thing we haven't discussed is, you know, all the states and cities might not be open yet. So that's, you know, and every team start at the same start time. I think that'll end up getting pushed on the back end. So no, I don't think playoffs are going to start on time. I, I, I do think they're going to be delayed. Uh, so bring your jackets, Phillies fans. <laughs> um, we haven't talked to you before about Joe Girardi with you, Brian. What are your thoughts on the new manager when we, whenever we get to see him do his thing? Sure. I'm excited. Uh, I think it was a good choice, a logical choice, uh, even a safe choice. You know, he, he's the manager with experience. It's the opposite direction from Gabe Kapler. So um, I'm excited. It sounds like the players are into it as well. You know, he was a former player, obviously had great success, both as a player and manager. You know, he's a baseball guy. It's hard not to, you know, see that and think that the players are going to respond to it. From what I've heard, um, he's got a good relationship with Bryce Harper and a lot of the players. Um, he's in there. You know, Gabe, Gabe was always in there, too, kind of practicing in the weight room, obviously, uh, you know, fielding ground balls and things like that. So he's going to be a player's manager just like Gabe but one with a lot more experience so I think that's something that the fans uh, were looking for and uh, should be able to take a little solace in you know some of the decisions uh, we'll probably understand a little bit better than Kapler's decisions so you know day to day and inning to inning it might be a little more smoother than than Gabe because um, you know Gabe had a lot of scrutiny being a new manager being a different manager um, I think Girardi will have a little bit longer of a leash, as it were. Hey, Brian, uh, the players are going to need probably three weeks at least to get ready for whenever go day is. Um, I assume they're not all going to Florida and Arizona. Uh, maybe that's a wrong assumption. Are they going to have spring training in Philadelphia, or are they going to go to their spring training sites? Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it might be a wrong assumption. It sounds like Florida and Arizona are definitely possibilities, um, again, because of just the uncertainty of when all the states are reopening. Uh, I know a lot of the Phillies players stayed down there mm-hmm. in Clearwater uh, when the quarantine happened. And to be honest, uh, I was down there, too. Uh, in mid-March, right around when all this was starting. And I'll tell you, I'd much rather be in Florida uh, than in South Philly uh, for a quarantine um, any day of the week. So I have a feeling it it might be centralized somewhere other than the home stadium, you know, whether it's Arizona or or Florida or or even a different state. You know, back in the day, uh, teams would go to Arkansas, Georgia, all different places down south. But, you know, that was because it was warmer down there. In the middle of June, July, we can kind of do that uh, almost anywhere. It would give this 
stadiums a chance to reopen and do some soft launches. Because, again, that's the whole other side of this besides the players and the owners, you know, the, the stadium employees opening the stadiums, um, even if it's just for the players, if, even if it's closed uh, to the public, uh, you know, the training staff and all that need time to get going and get protocols in place to keep them safe as well. Cause I'm not sure all of that has been ironed out uh, by any means yet. Hey, Brian, May 29th is the 10th anniversary of Roy Halladay's perfect game. And on that night, ESPN is airing an E60 documentary about Roy called Imperfect, which looks very interesting. I know he's been gone two and a half years now, but it's still hard to believe, you know, what led to his deadly plane crash, uh, all that, uh, you know, the drug usage and all that. What are your memories of Roy? And are you looking forward to this show? I'm looking forward to learning more, um, but it's certainly um you know kind of uh, pulls back the curtain on Roy Halladay yeah. and his life i don't think anyone while he was pitching knew that knew those demons he struggled with whether it's the medication or the psychological issues or just that uh you know competition uh day in and day out um so yeah we all saw him as an amazing great pitcher who in many ways was perfect. You know, we're close to perfect on the mound. And, you know, you heard about him going to the minor leagues and struggling here and there, but that was all, you know, baseball and between the, the lines. I don't think anyone knew that, you know, underneath there was some of these issues that he was dealing with and, you know, eventually maybe uh, uh, succumb to. Um, so I think it'll be a painful one to watch. Um, I did see at least uh, Brandy Halliday, his wife is in it and gave um, several interviews. So, you know, it would be good to hear from her, um, her side of it. And just the fact that she's comfortable with it because yeah, in, in a little bit, in a way I'm not looking forward to it. Right. I, I don't want to bring up some of those bad memories um, uh, that happened after his career, but you know, with any person you, you have the good and the bad. So uh, if she's willing to make some of that public, then, yeah, I think it could only, um, you know, help people. I think that's ultimately what the thought is that, yeah, you have these athletes, you think they're superhuman, uh, but they're they're just as vulnerable as, as anyone else. Hey, Brian, I have to ask you, uh, Bryce Harper interview the other day that aired, uh, man, the guy sure seems like he says all the right things, and he sure seems... Uh, Philly, Philly, Philly. Uh, what do, do you find Harper to be a lot different guy than you thought when he was a national as he is with a Philly? He's all in Philly. Sure. Um, not really. Uh, I used to live in D.C., so I had a front row seat to him coming up as a rookie um, and, and playing for the Nats. And he always carried himself in that way. Um I definitely have noticed a difference between his time in DC and in Philly. He's embraced Philadelphia a lot more than he has embraced DC when he was there. Um, you know, I think part of it was he wanted to start a family and, and Philly uh, made more sense. Uh, I certainly agree with him on that level. And, you know, he's a little more engaged with fans than he was in DC on a personal level. Um, you know, maybe it's him being comfortable. He got the big salary. Uh, maybe he's just, you know, more comfortable as a veteran. Uh, but he's definitely seemed to interact with fans a lot more just randomly on social media. In addition to the interviews and, 
you know, always, always saying the right thing, except, except that one, uh, uh, introduction when, uh, they were down in Clearwater, uh, <laughs> two years ago and he, he wanted to bring, uh, title home to dc Uh, (laughs) i'll give him that one break but yeah he's he says all the right things and i think he's genuine about it too so um you know i think he's great for fans and hopefully it's another good year uh another 11 good years (laughs) yeah brian one last thing for me um in addition to running philly's nation you're also the big boss man at shibe sports at 13th and walnut in philly and in the king of prussia mall now i believe you're still closed due to the pandemic i'm in jersey so i don't know all the rules right now in pennsylvania but any word on when stores like yours will be given the go-ahead to reopen no there has been no uh date yet here in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia specifically, a lot of the other Pennsylvania counties have started their process of reopening their, you know, yellow, their green, yellow, red process. Uh, but Philly's still in the red and in the dark red, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, the governor extended the stay at home order to June 4th. So that's the earliest we could wow. start moving to the next phase. Um, I did hear Jersey stores are reopening uh, for curbside pickup uh, soon, um, but it seems like uh, Philly's going to be a little bit ways away. Um, we're still doing online orders, um, trying to get things uh, revved up for Father's Day, uh, which is like a mini Christmas for us. But you know, it's certainly been a lot slower with the with the stores closed. Um, but I'm hoping you know, end of June, things will start. Re- you know, we should be open by then. Um, and that's, that's just a guess though, unfortunately at this point, um, you know, so maybe it'll dovetail nicely with the start of the baseball season. Um, but that's the other thing, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything about the other sports starting or their plans, you know, there there's talk, yep. uh, but no plans like we've seen for baseball yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting this sneaking suspicion that hockey and basketball may not finish it, finish those seasons. Yeah. Well, hey, Brian, we're about out of time. Let the viewers know uh, how they can follow you leading up to the season throughout Phillies Nation, everything else you have going on on social media. Sure. PhilliesNation.com is your best source for your Phillies news and uh, latest breaking news, especially covering when uh, opening day is happening. Uh, We also have a big giveaway every Monday. We've been doing a a Phillies prize pack leading up to opening day. Uh, We do have enough prizes for another uh, month or so. So hopefully things uh, start soon, but yeah, you can find us at philliesnation.com or certainly Facebook and Twitter uh, as well. All right. Wait, thanks for taking the time to join us, giving us your great insight. Uh, You're on top of it. We we appreciate you. And go Phil. Stay safe. Stay safe, safe, everyone. Go Phillies. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Hey, Chad, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate Insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Again, that number is 610-430-0700. And, Bill, let's say happy 70th birthday today to the great Stevie Wonder.
It was at this point in the show that we lost audio for about 45 seconds to a minute, right as we were starting to discuss our uh, Philly Press Box Radio Mount Rushmore. Bill and I have been working on this for the last four weeks, and this is week five, the fifth and final week of our Mount Rushmore of great Philly athletes. Yes, we have five, not four. Last week and this week, real tough decisions, Bill, so uh, let's do it. All right. Well, hey, Chet, the way we're doing it, uh, we've been picking one a week. could be the same one. That's the way it comes out. I don't think it's going to now that we're at the last one. Tonight we get our fifth. Uh, It's been a real challenge here these last couple for sure. Uh, Tonight you're up first. And remember, we're not talking favorites anymore. We're talking the best. So uh, the only stipulation that we had is we, we had to have seen them play. So basically, we're talking mid-60s to the present, and that took out the Chuck Bednarics and some of those other guys that probably would have been on our, our Mount Rushmore. But let's do it. You're up. All right. To review, Wilt Schmitty and Bobby Clark for both of us the first three weeks in various order. Those were the easy three. I decided to add an eagle to my Mount Rushmore last week, and I chose Brian Dawkins over other candidates like Reggie White and Donovan McNabb. I went with B-Doc. This one, though, man, this was a a major challenge. Here's the deal. I I narrowed my final selection down to five candidates. Sixers, Allen Iverson and Julius Irving. Flyers, great Bernie Perrant. Phil's lefty, Steve Carlton. And boxing great, smoking Joe Frazier. Well, much as I respect Ray Dinger, not only did I not go with his first suggestion last week, which was Reggie White, I'm also going to eliminate the other guy that he suggested. That was smoking Joe Frazier. Joe was great, and he was a Philly guy from age 15 on, but I just can't do it. He was a champion, but he only had 37 fights. Yeah, he won 32 of them, but that's not good enough for my Mount Rushmore. The other four guys, all very worthy candidates, but as great as Lefty was, he's not going to make the cut either for me. That leaves Bernie, AI, and Dr. J. I'm eliminating Iverson just because there was some negative off the court stuff that I didn't like. And that puts him in my mind, a notch below Julius Irving in my book. So do I go with Dr. J or do I go with Bernie Perron? I've had this in my head for the last week, Bill, both great guys, both champions. And the fact that I've met Bernie a dozen times or so, and we've had him on our show just a few weeks ago, maybe that works in his favor, but I think back to how much excitement there was when the 76ers were able to bring Dr. J to town from the ABA back in 1976. Uh, That was just an exciting time. And then he got the Sixers to the finals, what, three times before finally getting them over the hump in 90 or 1983 with a little help from that Moses Malone fellow, of course. Julius Irving was a joy to watch in the late 70s and early 80s after the franchise had some truly awful years in the early 70s. Boy, they were bad. The Doc played 11 years in Philly, making an all-star team every single one of those years. And he averaged 22 points a game over his NBA career as a Sixer. So, just as you put him on there last week, he's going to, for me, join Clark, Schmidt, Wilt, and B-Doc on my Mount Rushmore. That is my fifth and final choice, Dr. J. Now, who's going to be Bill Furman's final selection? Well, I'll tell you what, you went a long way around to get to the easy pick right there with the doc. I think we might have had had that little discussion if Dr. J didn't make your Mount Rushmore. It it was tough. It was tough. Well, it was tough. And uh, I got to my last one. And I'm going to tell you, Chet, 
Philadelphia is a football town, and I have no Eagles on my Mount Rushmore. Ooh, none. Uh, no. And, you know, Brian Dawkins was certainly would have been my guy. Um, it, you know, and, and as we talk about these guys, obviously we're not taking anything away from anybody because they're all great, great players, all Hall of Famers in their, in their respective leagues. So uh, no discredit to any of them. But, you know, Brian, Brian, fantastic player, true Hall of Famer. Was he the greatest defensive back or one of the top two or three greatest defensive backs of all time? Maybe not. Okay, so that left me with Bernie Perrant and Steve Carlton. So I worked hard at this, studied the stats, all right? And the deal breaker to me, Chet, was Bernie was here for 10 years. Lefty was here for 15 years. Uh, Bernie, in the two Stanley Cup years, won 47 and 44 games, led the league in, in goals against. I mean, we don't win the Stanley Cups without Bernie Perrant. But if you look back at his early years, when they weren't very good, he was 15 and 17, 17 and 23, and 13 and 29. He wasn't very good either. Flip the page to Steve Carlton. He comes in, and they stink. He goes 27 and 10. Goes back the next year with a losing record. Then when they're still not good, he goes 16 and 13, 15 and 14. Then they get good. 20, 23, 16, 18, 24, 13, 23, 13 was in the strike season. Win after win after win. And when you talk about greatest left-handed pitchers of all time, the name Steve Carlton is in the conversation with Warren Spahn, Sandy Koufax, Randy Johnson's probably in that group. So as great as Bernie Perrant was, certainly a true Hall of Famer, I'm going with the guy who graced us for 15 years here in Philadelphia as one of the greatest left-handed pitchers that we ever got to, anybody's ever gotten to see. I'm going with Steve Lefty Carlton as my fifth and final pick. All right. I can't argue with that. And Bernie was a near miss for both of us. How about that? But uh, so we agreed on four out of the five and the other guy, uh, you know, can't argue with in either case and uh bernie like we said a near miss so some great athletes in philly over the last 55 years absolutely i think if we'd have gone to six do you remember i said to you last week you know i was toying with just say hey, what the heck let's throw six out there yeah that was bernie's spot and, and and honestly i studied these things like you said you you, you went over it for a week i was studying stats this afternoon i, I really was i was just i couldn't get over the hump and when i told you a couple weeks ago i had this all figured out for some reason, I had a mental lapse, and I did not have Julie Serving in my mix. And I was like, just because I forgot him, you know. Yeah. So I had to get him in there. And uh, so there we go. We got it. Did you consider Joe Frazier at all? I did. I did, but not. No, not really. Okay. No. And, and, and honestly, I really didn't consider Brian Dawkins that much. Um, again. Great player, but I was, I'm thinking with Irving and I mean, with uh, Perrant and Carlton, you're talking greatest of the game, yeah. you know, and that was the separation. And, that, and I'm as big a Brian Dawkins fan as, as comes down the road, but just couldn't get him there. I really wanted to get an Eagle on there. I'm um, cause you know, as you said, it's a football town and it just felt weird to have a Mount Rushmore without an Eagle up there. So 
Why not be Doc? Well, thank you for not putting Reggie White on there. Oh, I know how you feel about Reggie. You're the minority there, pal. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, that was a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun, and uh, it was hard to do. So we still have our five flyers to pick uh, when we get a flyers guest and we ever get back to hockey. We will. uh, We'll have that one to do. And, uh, you know, we'll come up with something else fun to do here uh, because that that was a lot of fun. It took a lot of thinking, a lot of work. So. All right. Well, Chet, hey, let's move on. Let's uh, give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autographed memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Well, hey, Chet, uh, you had a chance to sit down with one of your favorite musicians uh, who's also a big sports fan. Tell us about Willie Nile for those that don't know him, and then tell us how uh, how your, your sit-down went with him. Well, Willie is an amazing singer-songwriter who's been on the scene since 1980. I've been a fan since the early days. And he should be a much bigger star than he is, quite frankly. Uh, As I said, I I discovered him right away in 1980 through my cousin. Finally got to meet Willie and talk to him in person in 2006 and have now seen him do 15 concerts in that time, plus five in-store record store appearances. Willie is a native of Buffalo, but he's been a New Yorker living in the city since the mid seventies. His 13th studio album comes out on Friday. And I'll tell you the three songs that I've heard from it so far are all excellent. You'll hear parts of a couple of those in our interview, which also features some great baseball and football talk, Bill. I think you will enjoy this. So let's rock and roll. Shall we? It's always a pleasure to talk to this guy, one of my absolute favorite singer-songwriters ever, honestly. Plus, he's a super nice guy, and he's got a brand new album out this Friday called New York at Night. Willie Nile, how's it going, Willie? It's going good, Chet. Thank you so much, my friend. Nice to talk to you. Willie, we're all going a bit stir-crazy during this pandemic. I had tickets for seven or eight concerts that have been postponed or canceled, and you've, of course, had to postpone all of your spring and early summer tour dates. I know how much you love to be out there playing for your fans. How are you holding up through all this? I'm holding up all right. Thanks for asking. You know, I'm in New York City. I'm isolating here, keeping social distance, trying my best to be vigilant. I've got a bike. So, you know, every every couple of days I'll go to my storage space, I'll get my bike, and I'll go riding along the Hudson River. I really enjoy that. I'm doing all right. I'm holding my own here. We're going to talk about the new album, New York at Night, in a few minutes, but because this is a sports show, I'm obligated to include a sports question or two. And as we've discussed previously, Willie, you were a Yankees fan while growing up in Buffalo and the New York City. How strange is it to not have any baseball to watch here in May? It's pretty strange. I mean, having I'm, I grew up a sports kid, a lot following all kinds of sports. The Buffalo Bills. I think I've told you in the past. I know Jim Kelly. Oh wow! We sit at his house sometimes after Bills games. You know, for the after game party, win or lose, they, they would have a big party. And uh, Yankees. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan. You know, uh, just because when I grew up, that's the only baseball that was on TV back then. That's years ago. 
you know, when there were two or three, only two or three channels, and the Yanks were the only game in town in Buffalo once a week that the Yankees would be on. It's pretty strange. I was looking forward to the season, you know, with getting uh, that great pitcher. You know, I mean, it's excited to see how that would unfold and how it would affect the rest of the team. It's bizarre, you know, no sports. It's definitely a really strange time for everybody. One nice thing in New York, at 7 o'clock every night, you know, all of a sudden you'll start hearing this, this slow clapping, whoops, pots and pans banging, and it'll get loud. People leaning out their windows. It's, it's really a beautiful thing to see. It gives you a sense of community and a sense of everybody's in it together and respecting the frontline workers. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. these are heroic times, and there's people out there doing the jobs that are dangerous and, and helping their fellow man. It's pretty, pretty beautiful, inspiring to see. Absolutely. It'd be hey, nice if baseball went along with that, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Not at the moment. Well, one thing I wanted to talk to you about before but never did, your father is still alive and doing well at age 102, and he looks great, by the way. And three years ago, when he was a mere 99, you and your brother, I believe, toured the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown with your dad. I saw the pictures. It looked like he really enjoyed it. Tell me about that trip. It was incredible. Yeah, my dad's doing great. Thank you for asking. 102 years old, born in uh, 1917 in November, born at home because Spanish flu was killing people left and right, so he's born at home. And uh, we went to Cooperstown, a baseball hall of fame with my brother Tom, one of my older brothers, and uh, I and dad. It was amazing. It was really, I'd never been there, always wanted to go. We stayed in a, a really nice hotel there. Just charming, you know, and everything is all it's baseball all the time. And uh, it was just glorious. One of the people that works there, one of the head people, is a fan of mine, it turned out. The mayor of Cooperstown, you know, is, is a big fan. And uh, I did a, a concert event there, met him, and uh, he invited me to come. So I took, that's why we went. And we got a private tour of Cooperstown. It was amazing. It took us, you know, in the back areas. We had to put white gloves on. My dad got to hold, they gave him a glove. And the guy says to my dad, and my dad just looked at it, you know, he was. You know, he's old school. You know, he doesn't overstep any boundaries. And he says, no, you can put it on. Mm-hmm. And he put it on because it's Lou Gehrig's first baseman's glove. I mean, it was like my father just like couldn't believe it. And Babe Ruth's bat, I think. And uh, just the things that we saw back there were just astounding. It was amazing. I was so happy to be able to do that for Dad. And he just loved it. And, you know, they interviewed him. Here's this senior, senior citizen coming out, and, and uh, it was beautiful to see. They treated him with a ton of respect, and we had an absolute blast. Cooperstown, yeah, that's a good place to go for a, a weekend. It really is. Yeah, I saw the pictures and the story about it. It was pretty amazing. Speaking of amazing, let's talk a little music, Willie. Earlier this year, it was the 40th anniversary of the release of your very first album, and I told you this before, but my cousin played it for me shortly after it came out back in 1980, and I was immediately hooked. So many great songs on there. I mean, Vagabond Moon, that's the reason. It's all over, the beautiful across the river. Can you believe it's been 40 years? Thank you, Chet. No, I can't believe it. It's so, it's, it's really strange. I mean, 40 years. If you told me it was like 15 or 20, you know, it just doesn't seem like that long ago. And there are times that I'm playing those songs. At end of February, we did a gig, small theater in Jersey. It was a great place. We opened up the show with the first five songs on that album, and it was so much fun. I hadn't played some of those songs in 40 years, and it felt like yesterday. It felt like yesterday. So I can't believe it's 40 years, and uh, when I think about that year and that record coming out, you know, I got to tour across the U.S. with The Who, you know? I'd heard that when that record came out that Pete Townsend was a big fan, and I just thought it was record company bull. I didn't think it was something that I thought, yeah, sure he is. And sure enough, we did a three-week tour across the U.S. The last show was in Los Angeles at the Roxy. Freddie Mercury came out to the show. 
Grant Parker came out to the show, and the Who's management came out to the show. And, and Bill Kerbishley, the great manager of the Who, came backstage, loved the show, and asked if I wanted to open for the Who. And next thing I know, a guy who'd never played with the band live before, that was three weeks. It was the first band shows I've ever done in my life, playing small clubs across the country. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm playing in arenas, 20,000, 23,000. It was amazing. It was like a meteoric. It was so much fun. I, I mean, I was, I was dumb enough just to sit back and enjoy it, you know, and not be scared. It was really something. 40 years, yeah. Time goes by, man. Yeah, you've done well for yourself. Uh, hey, I interviewed you back in 2010 or 11 about the Innocent Ones. I talked to you about Positively mm-hmm. Bob in 2017 and then Children of Paradise yep. in 2018. And here we are yep. now talking about studio album. It's called New York at Night. There's a cop cop prowling in the 80s at the dark. There's a red light blinking on 42nd Street. There's a party going on, you can hear the heartbeat. New York at night. New York at night. Am I right that a lot of songs on here are about the city 40 plus years? Well, there's, uh, there's two songs on there. The title track, New York at Night, and another song called New York is Rockin'. And a lot of the imagery in the songs are songs that were most of them were written here. If not all, and there's a lot of references. Uh, New York City has been a real inspiring place for me, and it seemed fitting to call that album New York. It knows so we're born here, and I'm so thrilled with the album. I love the city. It's not a concept record, but it's somebody called it a sonic love song to New York. You know, it's it's an inspiring place even now, haunted that it is with the empty streets and stuff. It still has magic for me, and the album. I'm, I couldn't be more excited about the album. It's it's there's a lot of light. And it, it's rocking. It's a feel good record. You know, in the video, you mentioned my dad, and we put a video out. Uh, one of the songs is called Under This Roof. And there's a, there's a clip in there of my dad and I. It's like home movies, how it used to be before this uh, pandemic came on. Uh, that uh, The song Under This Roof, it really came out much better than I thought, and the reaction was strong. But there's a clip of dad and I at my birthday party. And, and uh, New York is rocking, man. It really is. Uh, well, it's going to be, but it's, it's quiet at the moment. But when I pick up my guitar in my apartment, it's rocking. <laughs> well, I, I've heard the title song, plus a little bit of love, both great. And yeah, the ballad that you mentioned under this roof and the video, yep. simply terrific. I, I was really, really impressed. And I'm sure, you know, you have every reason Thank to be you. happy with it. Under this roof, my arms will find you. Under this roof, we'll plant a seed. Thank you, Chad. I'm thrilled about it. And the reaction of the earth been like we're getting rave record, you know, and it's something I'm, I've got a great band, you know, a great player I could put these records together with. And boy, I'm so excited. I'm really excited about it. You know, I, I, I give, give everything I've got. You know, I don't put stuff out unless I'm, I think it's really strong. I won't do it. I won't walk on a stage unless I think it's going to be great. I won't put a record out unless I think it's going to be really great. And, uh, and I hope this one is. It feels great to me. So I'm thrilled with how it came out. Willie, I've heard you talk about your influences over the years, and it's quite a variety. Buddy Holly, The Beatles, Bob Dylan, great New York punk bands like The Ramones and Television. Yeah. Who am I leaving out? Well, Little Richard is one, and he apparently he just, he passed just away. Died. Yeah. I'm really sad. Little Richard, he was incredible. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of heroes. All the early heroes in rock and roll, I was a kid that grew up on all that stuff. You know, from Elvis, you know, I'm an official ambassador to the Buddy Holly Educational Foundation. I, I know Buddy's wife, and uh, she's, a, she's a friend of mine, and, and which is amazing. And uh, Little Richard's passing. I mean, Little Richard was a complete giant, influenced everybody, the Beatles, the Stones. 
You know, he was such a character and so great. Such an, as an original observer was one. Some great influences, and let me list some of the big-time musicians who are fans of yours. Pete Townsend and Ringo Starr, as you mentioned. Ian Hunter, Lucinda Williams, uh, Bono, and oh yeah, that Springsteen guy. Not too shabby. <laughs> you know, every time I think of that, it makes me laugh, you know, that I've gotten to play on stage with the Who, you know, and, and Bono's been so kind to me, and Bruce, I mean, I've been on stage with Bruce a lot, and Bruce is the greatest guy. He's just so genuine, you know. I always tell people Bruce Springsteen is exactly who you hope he'd be. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really, his feet are on the ground. He's dealt and handled with, like, this iconic status, which I wouldn't wish on anybody, but he's handled it really well. He's inspiring to so many, and he's as a person and a friend. He's just a dear man. I love him dearly. And when I think back, when I think about it, I think, man, you, you know, you're a kid. You, you go to college, you graduate. What am I going to do with my life? And I go to come to New York City to try to make records, you know. I'll talk about a long shot. And here, 40 years down the road, you know, I've been on, I've sung with Ringo Starr on stage. I got to sing a little. I get by with help my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. I sung with Bruce on, in Giant Stadium, Shea Stadium. In place, I'm just, I just never gave up and just persisted, you know, and, and gave everything I had. And you never know. It's, it's like everybody's life is, has its ups and downs, mine as well. But boy, when I think back to some of the things I've been fortunate enough to experience, I just have to smile and raise a glass and, and thank the heavens. Hey, one final sports question for you. As a youngster in Buffalo in the 60s, I know you said you were a Bills fan. Do you have any memories of watching those AFL Bills with players like Jack Kemp, Daryl LaMonica, Cookie Gilchrist, oh and my, those guys? Oh, my God, yes. And I'll tell you what comes to mind right away. We used to go to Rock, you know, the stadium uh, on the east side in Buffalo to see the games in the winter. Two things come to mind. One is Cookie Gilchrist. Looky, looky, here comes Cookie. The <laughs> audience would be chanting, looky, looky, here comes Cookie. And this complete giant of a man would go right up the middle and just carry five people <laughs> and run 10 yards. It was something to see, but what a great chant. My favorite sports chant of all time, looky, looky, here comes Cookie. And I remember one year, the were playing the Jets, dead of winter. We were in the end zone. It's Buffalo. And it was freezing, and there was like a foot and a half of snow. We were sitting on seats. We were in a foot of snow. <laughs> I remember thinking, this is fun. <laughs> but, yeah, we used to go to those games all the time, Jack Camp. But the thing that sticks out in my mind, uh, you know, the great uh, Albert to Golden Wheels Dubinion. The, nick, the nicknames. I love sports nicknames. Golden Wheels. <laughs> Albert Dubinion. You know, the great players I had. But looky, looky, here comes Cookie. It was my favorite for Cookie Gilchrist. <laughs> Willie, I can't wait to see you when life gets back to some sort of normalcy. In the meantime, we do have the new album, New York at Night. It's out this Friday. Get it, everyone. Thanks much, Willie Nile. Thank you so much, Jeff, for all the kind words. Thanks for having me. If you take care of yourself, be safe. Everybody out there, you know, be vigilant and take care of yourself, and we'll see you when we get through this. All the best. Take a bite. New York at night. Yeah. Hey, Chet, that was great stuff. Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard the name War Memorial Stadium, and I can't tell you how many years, but I, I always thought like Soldier Field and Lambeau Field and War Memorial Stadium. Great stuff. Yeah, that was great hearing Willie talk about that. And what really got me was talking about his trip to Cooperstown with his father at age 99, and he's still around at age 102 three years later. That was just really heartwarming to hear all that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Willie, uh, man, what, you know, he's kind of one of them stories, you know, it's uh, kind of started out just banging around and he's done quite well for himself. I think I told yeah. you that the other day I was out for uh, one yeah. of my walks I'm trying to do and all of a sudden Willie Nile shows up in my ears uh, as I'm walking. I was like, dang, I didn't even remember that I had that on here. 
one of these guys that just has so much talent and should be a much bigger star than he is. But I mean, the the other artists respect him. You know, the guys we mentioned, Springsteen, Pete Townsend, uh, Lucinda Williams. So they all know what a talent he is. And uh, I know. So I'm trying to spread the word for Willie. There you go. There you go. Well, hey, Chet, uh, great guest tonight. Brian Michael was outstanding. Willie, outstanding. Uh, who's going to come to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Because uh, you've got the bar high again tonight. Well, two guests lined up for next week, Bill. We will be joined by our pal Kevin Riley to talk about the Eagles offseason and his brief time as a Miami Dolphin with the late, great Don Shula. That'll be interesting. And after you and I do finally get around to talking about our all-time favorite Flyers players, that is going to happen next week, Bill. We're going to be joined by a guy who just may, might be on one of our lists, one of the Broad Street Bullies, the Hound. Bob Kelly joins us live next week. All right. Always good to have Bob. He's been with us a couple times and uh, always has fun stories. And uh, he might have something to say about his own list of five. That'll be kind of fun. Maybe we can pin him down to that. Yeah, I think so, because we're going to talk to Kevin. Then you and I will do our list. And then, hey, why not? We'll go right into that with Bob Kelly. So that'll be fun. Sounds good. And I'll tell you what, uh, the Kevin Riley stories, because I've heard a little bit of these stories about camp. And he shared a little bit with us on one of his visits. Uh, Playing for Don Shula, um, you know, even though it was just a camp, um, Shula is a special kind of guy. And Kevin, uh, you know, had an opportunity to play with him. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be real interesting right there. Yeah, I can't wait for next week's show already. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Well, hey, Chet, we modified, updated our Philly Press Box Radio website where you can now watch the podcast, this one. Uh, we have our Vimeos, some current Philly sports articles, some articles we've written as well. And now we have a YouTube channel. Yeah, please check out our YouTube channel, everybody. Uh, I've been adding more videos to it, and we'll add more this weekend. You'll find our last three shows on there, plus uh, tomorrow you'll find tonight's show on there. Uh, some of the th stuff on there, though, otherwise we have interviews with the great Ray Fossey, the aforementioned Bernie Perrant, and roller derby legend Judy Arnold. Our chat with uh, her is on there. And yes, the new and improved Philly Press Box Radio website looks great, so be sure to check that out as well. And our T-shirts are pretty nice, too. I'm wearing one, you're wearing one, and you can get one for yourself just in time for Father's Day. Makes a great gift. Our lovely Philly Press Box Radio T-shirts are available for sale. Those that we have left in stock at our cost. The shirts are available in unisex sizes, medium through 3XL, and you can choose from regular for 10 bucks or dry fit for $12. Yeah, our cost. And that is $5 below what we were charging when they first came out last spring. Add $2 if you need 2XL or 3XL. That would make it 12 or 14 bucks. Regular material shirts are cotton polyester, while dry fit are 100% polyester our green logo is on the front and our sponsors logos are on the back you can choose from green gray or black background and then specify whether you want regular material or dry fit if you need them shipped at seven dollars for one or make it a better deal get two of them and we'll just charge you ten dollars for shipping again they make a great gift for the philly sports fan in your life uh, we do have a few red logo shirts still also, so if you want one of those, let us know. But again, the sale is limited to the shirts that we have in stock. So just message one of us. I'm Chet. He's Bill. And when you're ready to order, we'll help you out. Click on the Contact Us tab in the upper right-hand corner of our Philly Press Box Radio website if you want to do it that way. That's right. 
Well, hey, Chip, before we get the party shots, one other quasi-announcement. We'll call it a tease for now. Uh, we got some big news coming to Philly Press Box Radio that by next Wednesday, we'll probably be able to share. Well, let's share a little bit. Uh, we've talked with you know with Fred Hugo on here many times, and we've both gone on a show with him and this guy, Al, Big Al. They also work with Joey Delco. It's the Edge of Philly Sports Network. And we're going to be teaming up with those guys in various capacities. We will leave it at that for now, but uh, even more great sports talk and more things to look forward to. We're going to work with those guys. They're going to work with us and it's going to be great. So stay tuned. We'll give you more details next week. Absolutely. All right. Parting shot for you tonight. A few odds and ends, Bill. It was exactly, believe it or not, two months ago today, Bill, that you and I had lunch at a Buffalo Wild Wings down in Clearwater. That was Friday the 13th of March. Instead of attending a Phillies spring training game that day at the nearby Spectrum Field like we were supposed to, that, of course, was because the game got postponed. It was the day after pretty much the entire sports world had to shut down in connection with the coronavirus pandemic. We're still waiting for sports to resume. Sorry, but the UFC and the WWE and Korean baseball games just don't cut it. They don't count, you know, in my book. I really do hope that before long, things do get back to normal. It's going to be a while. We know that. But at least maybe we'll get some sports, you know, without fans for a while. So hang in there, folks. But secondly... We haven't forgotten about our friends at the Irish Rover, and I hope that before long the Rover and other great establishments like those guys can reopen and we can hang out at places like the Rover with our friends. Speaking of the Rover, last week our friend Christina, Chris Gaskill, celebrated a birthday, so happy birthday belatedly to Chris. Also, as we said, happy birthday to Stevie Wonder. And speaking of birthdays, this guy celebrated birthday number 70 the other day. That would be that Billy Squire. Always like that Billy Squire, Bill. Absolutely. Good stuff. Hey, one other thing, one other thing, one other birthday, just because I like this guy's name. You've seen the Jay Giles band a few times. So the guy who played harmonica and he can also play a little sax, he went by the name Magic Dick and he's still around. Magic Dick is 75 years old today. That's a lot of pressure to live up to with a name like that. Magic Dick. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) All right. We're going right on by that. Hey, don't forget to join us just a few minutes. 8.05 right here on our Philly Press Box Radio page for sports trivia. Um, join in. Have fun. 40 questions. Uh, it's gone real good. We're up to questions like 350 now. So uh, we've been running through them. We've been having a great time with it. So join in. We'll shut this connection off. We'll restart it on our Philly Press Box Radio page and uh, join in. You're challenging against yourself. Should be fun. It always is. And I have one last thing for you, Bill, because I know you're a collector. You have all that great stuff in your uh, pad there, your uh, man cave. Uh, I saw this today. Costco is actually selling a autographed Babe Ruth baseball. It looks a little worn, but it's his autograph on there. It's certified. Babe Ruth, from his time with the Yankees, has his autograph on this baseball. And Costco is selling it for $30,000. Actually, it's $29,999.99. I rounded it up to $30,000. The good news is they're going to sell it to you, ship it to you for free. 
if you want it. So <laughs> 30,000 bucks and it's yours, Bill. Well, you know what, Chet? Uh, depending on the condition, that's not a bad price. Yeah, it's not in perfect condition. They have a picture of it. If you go to Costco's website, you will see. It looks like it's uh, hit the infield turf a little bit. So, But, hey, it's Babe Ruth's signature. Wow. Check it out. I will. I wrap will. it up, Bill. All right, let's wrap it up. I'd like to thank tonight's special guest, Brian Michael, Willie Nile. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chet Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, May 20th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast apps out there. Hi, Holmes, Philadelphia sports fans. Stay safe. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.